everyone. Welcome back to the Internet Report, where we uncover what's working and what's breaking on the internet, and why. On this episode, the Internet Report team is joining us from the Cisco Live conference in Amsterdam, with a special episode exploring why visibility is so important for security. We'll also explore important considerations related to performance, the sovereignty of data in flight, and more. I'm Barry Collins, and I'll be your host today. Yeah, and I'm Mike Hicks, Principal Solutions Analyst at Thousand Eyes, and I'm joined here by my good friend and colleague, Kamal Shankta, Principal Internet Analyst at Thousand Eyes. Thanks, Mike. Uh, looking forward to this conversation. It's pretty awesome to be here with you at Cisco Live in Amsterdam. As usual, we'd love for you to hit like and subscribe, and always feel free to email us at internetreport at thousandeyes.com. We welcome your feedback and questions. And for all of our YouTube listeners, don't forget that we also release this show on all the major podcast platforms. So feel free to give us a follow over at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Let's get on with the show. And I started by asking Mike and Kamal about how the security landscape is growing ever more complex and what changes they've seen over the past few years. The internet is actually core to everybody, right? And therefore, then we're living in this public asset. There's this element of trust. So the, um, the sort of the area of focus has, has kind of changed. The landscape we have to monitor is, is so much more complex and vast. The way the internet has evolved over the years has kind of changed. So we're seeing you know, sort of customers dealing with these complexities. And on top of that, we have these distributed users. So each one of those is sort of needs to be protected. I'm coming in from different places. You know, we're in Amsterdam this week. I'd normally be connecting in from Perth. So all these things need to be taken into consideration. Yeah, and the other thing is like, you know, if you look at the trends in, in uh, connectivity when it comes to what we are doing, uh, we went from having dedicated MPLS circuits and we are now going to on the public internet using SD1 and stuff like that. But, you know, the thing is like, there's always transition period and those are where the issues are usually happening, right? So we are going to go from the MPLS that used to be very well protected because you are dealing with your own pretty much circuit uh, at that stage. And now you are switching that for something that's completely, you know, open on the internet outside of your control. So it's a big, big change that you need to account to, right? So to your point, Mike, landscape did significantly change. It's just actually questionable of how defense methods and what we do from the security perspective changed as well, right? Did it actually change and did it follow up what really needs to happen from the security standpoint? On top of that then as well, it's like, no, everything's got to be secure, but then what does performance do? We need to be secure, but it shouldn't then come at a cost of performance. And the thing is, like, if you think about it, all of these changes and these evolving trends are a result of costs rather than performance, right? If you think about it, you are going to get probably better performance from your dedicated circuit with the MPLS rather than what you are getting from a public internet, right? And especially given the fact that it's outside of your control. However, having visibility into how internet performs can bridge that gap, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that's interesting you say that. I hadn't sort of considered it from that aspect before, you know, where we're talking about these these dedicated circuits at a cost. But also you've got this consideration of, it, it comes down to cost, but it's that reachability. You know, like, so we now have this distributed workforce, everybody leveraging the SaaS applications. And so it's it's impossible 
well, it's probably not impossible. It's not practical to deploy an MPLS network to everyone. Of course, of course. Mobile. No, no, hybrid work did change a lot, right? Like people, especially after the effect of the pandemic that we just went through, right? Like people started working from home. And now we all of a sudden like have people connecting from their mobile phones, right? From different room, which brings additional layer of challenges, not only from the security, but also from the performance perspective. Instead of like what they historically used to have from the offices, which used to be dedicated circuit with the uh, internet service provider transit or peering or something like that, right? Uh, so, you know, to your point, uh, not only did the overall trends change, but user habits also changed as yeah. well. And, and expectations. Exactly, exactly. To your point also, like uh, you mentioned, uh, software as a service, that's the trend that we observed over the last 10 years, and it significantly changed on how do we think about, you know, not only just using applications, but also how do we write them, where do we deploy them, and mm. stuff like that. So all of that significantly changed how we do what we do. Exactly, exactly. Security is obviously paramount for businesses, but I asked Mike and Kamal how that should be balanced against performance. Yeah, you know, we said you don't want to compromise security or performance for the sake of each other. When I'm looking at this, I sort of consider what components are made up. You know, is it, we, we've got to come from location to start with, so where am I actually located? But then also, what do I need to do? Am I going to that particular SaaS service? How am I actually connecting through to it? What are the paths involved in there? And also what I really need then to understand is, you know, if I, if I put blanket safeguards in place, so I'm going to go, the only good network is a disconnected network, it becomes inoperable. I can't actually start to use it. Yeah. The other thing is like, historically, if you look at the security, it was always at the expense of a customer experience, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm actually quite glad that I'm noticing trends in the industry as part of which now it's changing. So, for example, like now we are on uh, Cisco Live in Amsterdam, and just as part of the uh, keynote, uh, you know, Jitu Patel, who leads security at Cisco, was speaking about how a majority of the applications uh, that are being deployed now are still calling back to the data centers, from the cloud to the data centers. And the challenges there are the fact that on one side, you are speaking about like certain sessions, and from the other side, you are usually speaking about the IP addresses. And the problem there is that there's disconnect mm -hmm. usually with that. So if you open up uh, typically and historically, what we would uh, tend to do, we would open up the firewall rules. You know, we would punch a hole on the firewall. And what you would end up having as a result is like overly permissive policy that would uh, satisfy the customers, but would yield unsecure environment. And what I'm now seeing being done, you know, and as pushed as Cisco and the other companies as well, is the fact that, you know, we are kind of creating this translation layer as part of which the fact that you are speaking sessions from the one side and IP addresses from the other side is internally bridged and you are getting only that level of permissions that you are supposed to get. And that does not cost you your experience. Like it's it's not going to be blocking you. You know, you're going to get still permissions that you are supposed to be getting in order to do your job on a daily basis. And then finally, uh, we are getting to that place where, you know, security is being transparent, which I believe it's paramount. Exactly. That's the bit I was going to sort of chime in there. And it's that seamless. It's got to be seamless. You know, I've got to be able to log on or just to connect and then one, assume I'm, I'm safe uh, and secure, but I need it to be as simple and as seamless as possible. And with that then, I've also, you know, I'm making the assumption it is secure. So I've then also got to be able to understand what components in there and validate that I am going through that path. Yes, exactly. Uh, the thing is like, there's always this component of let's make sure that what we believe is happening is actually happening. But businesses shouldn't regard visibility as security in itself, should they? 
No, absolutely not. It's, it's a great point, Barry. It's like so, you know, it, it's an adjunct to it. Visibility is this, you know, the old adage: you can't secure what you can't see. But it, it isn't. It shouldn't be considered to. Visibility is going to be my security. You know, if I can see what's going on, I'm going to protect myself. Absolutely not. But what it can do is provide a couple of things. It provides that feedback mechanism. So we talked about security shouldn't be at the detriment to, to performance. So by understanding that and having that feedback mechanism, I can see. And as we said, am I taking the path? Am I going through the VPN? Kamal touched on this when we talk about the firewalls. We used to all be connecting to a central point. So we had this firewall connectivity. Going back to have distributed users accessing distributed applications and with distributed networks there, then I can't have one single point where I'm connecting through because I'm going to inhibit performance. So therefore, I'm moving my security to the edge. So where we have, you know, sort of secure edge devices there where I'm actually connecting into. So am I connecting to one that's most optimal for me, for my location? And the other thing is like also uh, from the security perspective, it's easy to disregard the fact that, you know, security itself needs visibility. Historically, as you said, we used to co connect to these VPN gateways, mm -hmm. but we just assumed that these v VPN gateways worked uh, without any challenges. So what's actually happening on the path between your home, where we are currently sitting, and the VPN gateway on the other side? Like nobody was speaking about that particular performance. This is where we started shining some light uh, from the performance perspective. Like now we can say, okay, my connectivity to the VPN gateway itself is affected. So we are exposing issues on the way to being secure. And yes, to your point, Barry, security is not visibility or visibility is not security. But the thing is like security is so multifaceted as well, right? The other thing that I was just thinking about, Mike, is the fact that by having visibility into the data paths, you can have actually visibility over your data sovereignty as well. And that's important from the security perspective. So for example, in uh, US, you potentially don't want to leave, you know, borders of US when it comes to data. Or if you are in Europe, you probably don't want, you know, send data to US from various different privacy and data sovereignty rules that uh, people are doing. How, how are you going to do that with, without visibility? Or how can you ensure that, you know, what your security policy is doing if you don't have visibility? You just can't. You need to have like some feedback mechanism that's going to tie back everything together. A lot of considerations for data sovereignty are built around the concept of data at rest. What level of security or insight is needed for data in flight? Kamal just touched on this, really, when, when we consider the path we're taking through. So if you actually look at a, a lot of um, data residency, data sovereignty sort of rules, they're really looking at sort of data at rest. But obviously, with this distributed world, we have to get there. So data in flight as an emerging data sovereignty consideration is, is something sort of people need to look at. And it's really understanding where my traffic is at any time. There's obviously the obvious thing where we get some sort of route hijack takes place and all of a sudden, so I'm not have a complete outage, but my traffic is being diverted through some nefarious source or, or through some area, but it also maybe by accident where some configuration change has taken place and all of a sudden my path is being flowed through a, a, a sort of a, a country or a region where we, we probably don't want it to be. Yeah, exactly. Like it's actually quite, you know, complex issue if you think about it. It's just not your infrastructure at stake anymore. Some other people are making decisions that are benefiting them because at the moment they are dealing, for example, with the performance related issues or they are dealing with some situation as part of which they need to reroute traffic, not knowing about all of your circumstances. Yeah. Right. So like essentially, uh, you know, they are going to take the traffic out and, you know, it's going to go where it's not supposed to be going. Uh, and, you know, that's 
that's not uncommon. But, you know, again, going back to the visibility, if you don't have it, like you're just not going to even know that you are dealing with that issue in the first place. The other example that I have is actually related with connectivity with Starlink, for example. When it comes to geostationary satellites, you, you, you pretty much knew where the traffic is going to go and how it's going to get down to earth, so to say. However, like uh, with the LEO satellites, they are trying to offload the traffic from the satellites to station down on the earth, and you don't have any control where that's going to happen. So, for example, if you are sending traffic internationally, if you don't have the friendly relationship uh, with that particular country, that's something that you need to take into consideration before you even make a decision to use that pot, right? And how are you going to verify it? You need to have visibility again. So, so you're making a really interesting point there, Kamal. And I've had situations where it's not just specifically, you know, if, if, I've, if I'm buying my ISP service off a LEO provider, that's one thing. Like exactly you're saying, I don't know where those ground stations are going to be and my traffic's there, so I need to be aware of it from a visibility point of view. But what if we're talking downstream? We don't know then how our stuff is connected or who's using it from a peering relationship. I had a specific example um, sort of years ago where, where an organization where I was working and due to a number of reasons, you know, some of them political, the only way we could actually get into this location was by satellite. So we got within a mile of the perimeter of this organization or this location, and then we had to go up to a geostationary satellite to, to bridge that last mile to actually get in there. So what that means is then the weakest part or the slowest part of that connection was my, my last mile. But if I'm looking at that holistically from end to end, what I'm going to say is oh, the whole circuit to actually make a connectivity over that is... 30 seconds. You know, and it may be just because I've got this last link there. So it's, it's also these, you know, the, the countries I'm coming through, the locations I'm coming through, how things are, are backhauled. It's also what is downstream? Who are my peer relationships? Where are they going to? You know, all of a sudden I'm going through somewhere where they're burning dinosaurs to, uh, to, to, to power the data center. You know, and that's where my peering point is. So I might want to be able to change and move uh, somewhere else. But this complete story about security and having visibility uh, inside of it, it's pretty fascinating if you think about it. It's actually quite relevant for every single aspect of security. You know, there's a lot of talk about zero trust. Mm. How do you verify that you are having zero trust experience? right? Like, again, visibility, right? The other thing is, like, historically, if you think about it, we were using tunnels such as IPsec tunnels for years to secure certain paths, right? And it's a form of an overlay. And that overlay is going to utilize some kind of underlay. And that underlay is going to be probably your internet connectivity. So you want to secure your traffic over the internet, you go and you roll out your IPsec tunnels, everything's working fine, until it's not. And it's a really hard problem because encapsulation of the traffic obscures what's really happening there, right? And you don't know every single hop on the path. So if you are not monitoring the underlay itself, it's going to be really be impossible to figure out what's happening with your experience on the overlay, meaning that, again, visibility is like paramount. There are so many different aspects where visibility actually for security as a service of security plays a crucial role. Finally, I asked Mike and Kamal to give us a key takeaway each from today's conversation at Cisco Live. Let's start with Kamal. So here at Cisco, we like to see if it's connected, it needs to be protected. But the thing is that protection needs to come uh, not at the expense of performance, right? And over the last year, I believe that uh, Cisco delivered a lot of solutions that are actually delivering on that promise that we are securing customers, but not at the expense of their overall performance and productivity and overall experience, which is which is really important. 
Yeah, absolutely, Kamal. And and there's a the the thing we have to remember here as well. Or my takeaway from this is that performance itself or visibility itself isn't a security tool. It's an adjunct to it. It helps and provides that feedback mechanism, that feedback loop into it. Understanding where my traffic's going and understanding the performance I'm getting isn't being impeded by the security. That's our show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on X at, at Thousand Eyes and your favorite podcast platforms. As always, if you have questions, feedback, or guests you would like to see featured on the show, send us a note at internetreport at thousandeyes.com. We hope you enjoyed this special episode, and if you're looking for a regular podcast to help you keep your finger on the pulse of the health of the internet, check out our Internet Report Pulse Update podcast series, which publishes every fortnight right here on this channel. Thanks again for tuning in today, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye.